Morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Getting a great, beautiful morning this morning. I took a picture with my iPhone. I, I don't know, it's been some time back, and it was just one of those cool sunsets. So this has nothing to do with the sermon. And uh, from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. I just thought that was a, a great picture. So been kind of a tough week for some of our families here. It's Everybody has tough weeks from time to time. John Allen's mom died this last week, kind of unexpectedly. So please remember John and his family in your prayers. Uh, Barbara Dunlap passed away this last week. Uh, just an awesome lady. I, I interviewed here in November of 96. I believe Orville had passed away in about October of 96, and many of you all know Orville, Orville and Barbara, two, two of the many pillars in this church, and her funeral was this last week, so tough week for some families. Good news is Judy Walker's here today, so uh, it's good to see Judy. A lot of, a lot of days in the hospital, and uh, you know the weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. She wasn't a weeble. She, uh, she's just been trying to get to where she's stable enough, and she's wanted to be here. It's, you know, a lot of people don't get real excited about going to worship, and Judy's been trying to do everything she can to get here, so uh, it's good to see you. You look good. So, listen, I want to invite you back tonight. I'm going to tell you right now, we do a, we do a lot of different things on Sunday nights, um, and we don't have very many Sunday nights at the building this year because we're doing small groups all year long. So there's only about three or four Sunday nights here at the building. So tonight, I told Rodney I want, that we're not going to do a lot of singing. Um, we're going to sing one song, and I'm going to rock and roll, no pun intended. One song, rock and roll, little Elvis. So I told Rodney, now listen, y'all, I, I love to sing. I love music. I've told you I've got about 5,000 songs on my iPod. That doesn't even put a dent in the CDs that I have. I like going on YouTube, and just, I, I love music. As a matter of fact, I, I went on YouTube the other day, and I plugged in Rodney Britt, a cappella. And, uh, Alan, I'm not working. I need you. So, And this is what I found. How cool is that? That's a few years ago, brother. So, now, this is glasses that he has on. He's, I, I think you're singing, shut the dough, shut the dough, keep out the dough. Dude had hair. <laughs> is that not awesome? But uh, seriously, I went on YouTube and I plugged in acapella and uh, just... You know, during the 80s, 90s, uh, college ministry days, um, I listen to acapella. My college students listen to acapella. And so if you plug in Rodney, you can see him um, singing in Brazil and all over the place. And j I just want you to know, if you plug in Rodney and you see that, you're like, that's not Rodney Britt. Well, you can do one of those little Etch-a-Sketch deals if you want. <laughs> Take the hair out. So tonight, let me tell you about tonight. I'm not much into sermon titles, but I thought, look, Listen, you need to be here tonight. We're having a potluck tonight if you want to come for food. But uh, here's my sermon title for tonight. Everything you need to know about evangelism and sharing your faith, but we're afraid to ask with some practical applications so you don't have to be afraid to talk to people about Jesus because we all need to be in the habit of sharing the good news about Jesus with everyone we come into contact with. And I really think you'll benefit by being here tonight, so don't be late. 
Now, if you think I went fast there, I mean, we're going to sing one song tonight, and I want to talk to you. I'm not going to guilt you, but we need some reminders about sharing our faith and evangelism. There's going to be some practical applications. Um, talk about things that we're afraid of. I, I think you'll benefit by being here. If you don't come, if nobody comes, I'm still going to preach because I'm going to benefit by being here and going through the material again. So I, if you don't stay for the potluck, that's okay. But we need to be telling people about Jesus, and I've got some practical stuff, and so that's tonight. We begin a new sermon series today, Nothing But the Blood. So we're going to talk about blood. That's why Rodney led a couple of verses of Power in the Blood and some other songs about blood. And I don't know how many weeks we're going to spend on that, two or three or four, nothing but the blood. Now, you probably don't think a whole lot about blood unless you're watching a vampire movie or you're given blood. And other than that, we, we don't have much day-to-day conversation about blood. So let me give you some interesting facts about blood. You might know this. We've got, you know, doctors and and nurses and PAs, and so, you know, just pretend like you've never seen this. Um, the average human body has about, average human body has about one and a half gallons of blood. In one day, your blood travels nearly 12,000 miles. Is that not cool? Your heart beats around 35 million times a year. Your heart pumps a million barrels of blood during your lifetime. Is that not crazy? Some more facts. Amount of blood in your body is determined by your age, your health, and even where you live. That's not in reference necessarily to Oklahoma or Texas or Louisiana, but it might be in reference to higher altitudes like Colorado. Men tend to have more blood than women of the same size. So, you know, 150-pound man, 150-pound woman, the man's going to have a little more blood. People who live in higher altitudes, that's why I say have more blood than those who live in lower altitudes. Your blood transports nutrients. And oxygen to the cells. Your blood takes away waste from those cells. You've got red blood cells. You've got white blood cells. And red blood cells provide oxygen. And white blood cells, do um, they fight things, infection. And then you've got platelets. And they travel through some liquid stuff called plasma that's not a TV. And I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express once. Um, your blood helps regulate your body temperature. You may not have known that. And there will be a quiz at the end of the sermon. Just wanted to share that with you. So we're going to spend some weeks talking about blood um, because you need to know about blood. Now, if you go to BibleGateway.com, if you're into computers and, and you want... BibleGateway.com is a great program, okay? It's a Bible concordance on your computer. So you can go in and you can punch in the word, type in the word blood, and you'll find that there's almost 400 references in the Bible, Depending on the translation, about 392 references to blood. You can't read through the Bible without reading and seeing and learning about blood. It's all through there. As a matter of fact, it's difficult to read through the Bible and, and see the blood and not ask what happened. You know, you go outside and, and one of your children, your kids are playing and you see blood and you're like, what happened? Your kid comes running in and they got a bloody nose and blood down their shirt and you're like, what happened? You watch TVs on show and at the crime scenes they're trying to find the blood because they want to know what happened. And when you read through the Bible, you can't help but read about blood and ask what happened. Especially the blood of one person, the blood of Jesus. 
The blood of Jesus is so central to who we are. The blood of Jesus is crucial to our salvation. The blood of Jesus is vital to our own spiritual health. So we're going to spend some weeks talking about blood, nothing but the blood. Now, let me read you some scriptures about Jesus. I'll just put these up here real fast. These are just in reference to the blood of Jesus. Jesus said at what we call the Last Supper when He had the disciples together and He was you know, about to be crucified... This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Paul, in Acts chapter 20, talks about the church that Jesus bought with His blood. Romans chapter 3, we're supposed to have faith in His blood. Ephesians chapter 1, in Him we have redemption through the blood. Ephesians chapter 2, once we were far away, and now we've been brought near through the blood of Jesus. Um, I'm stuck again, Alan. Mm, Go the other way. Go the other, no, back, back, go, go back. Let's go right there, I like that one. Hebrews chapter 9, the blood of Christ cleanses our consciences. Hebrews 10, we have confidence to enter the most holy place. We can go before the throne of God because of the blood of Jesus. 1 John chapter 1, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, the blood of Jesus purifies us cleanses us. Revelation chapter 12, we overcome Satan by the blood of Jesus. So we need to kind of understand this blood stuff. And I know you're thinking, you know, I'm, I'm not really into blood. And some of y'all get kind of weak when it comes to blood. I remember when Sydney got her tonsils out, um, you know, you come out of surgery and there's, there's some blood. And when moms see children, they tend to get a little weak. So Sydney comes out and I'm patting Sydney. It's okay. And I look over, Kelly, it's okay. I'm going like this because some people, when they see blood, they, they don't do real well. I told you about my brother before, my oldest brother. There's a period that he sold insurance and he went to a guy's house and the wife took him down into the basement and he was on the machine that's, what's that, that cycles your blood? Dialysis, thank you. And as soon as my brother saw the blood, he was out and woke up in the hospital wondering, where am I? So I, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm not one of you know, be real gory or anything like that, but you can't read through the Bible without seeing the blood. So we need to understand the blood. And so we're going to talk about the blood of Jesus over the next couple of weeks. And so that's why we have our theme, nothing but the blood. So let me do this. To understand the blood of Jesus, you got to go back to the Old Testament. And you got to start with God's people. you got to start with the Jews. And God said... If you want to move forward with me, if you want to have a relationship with me, there's got to be blood. There's got to be the shedding of blood. In fact, Hebrews chapter 9, the law demands that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Without the shedding of blood, there's got to be blood. If you want to move forward with God, there's got to be blood. And so you have to understand that in the Old Testament. You're thinking, well, why blood? I mean, why can't God just wave His hand and say, okay, I took care of those sins? Why can't God just use some whiteout on our lives or an eraser on our lives? Why can't God do something else? Why blood? Well, God tells us that in Leviticus chapter 17. For the life of a creature is in the blood. And I've given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It's the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Think about it. When you go and you give blood, you give life 
to somebody. There's life in blood. If you don't have any blood, if you bleed out, you die. There's life in blood. And God said, I want you to know the life of a creature is in the blood, and I've given it to you to make atonement. I've given you the blood to make atonement. Now, we have to talk about animal sacrifices for a little bit here, because God says, I want you to make atonement. We don't use that word atonement very much in our conversations day to day. That Maybe you've seen it broken up. If you want to be at one with God... That's what atonement is. Atonement's a word that simply carries with it the meaning of reconciliation. It carries with it the meaning of peace and harmony. It carries with it the meaning of covering. So, when two people don't get along, and there's a rift between two people, something needs to happen if that relationship wants to move forward. In a business relationship, if something goes bad between you and a business, something needs to, be, something needs to happen if you want to be at peace and in harmony in that business relationship, in a marriage relationship, if I wrong Ke- when I wrong Kelly, if I want to move forward in my relationship with Kelly, I've got to acknowledge that something is wrong. And when it comes to me and God and you and God, when there's a rift between us, when we sin, when there's wrongdoing, there's got to be atonement. There's got to be a covering. There's got to be something take place for us to be right with God. If you want to be right with God, if you want to be in a relationship with God, if you want to move forward with God, there's got to be blood. God says, if you want to move forward with me, there's got to be blood. And God provided a way. Now, not every God has ever wanted to be close to His people. No other God ever wanted to be close to His people. But we serve a God that wants to be close to us and wants to draw near to us and wants to be in relationship with us. And we have a God who provides a way. And in the Old Testament, God says, here's how you move forward with me. It's called animal sacrifices. God provided a way. If you want to move forward with me, if you want to restore that relationship, if you want to cover that sin, then you need to have an animal sacrifice. Now, let me say this. Animal sacrifices were a sobering and graphic reminder that the people's relationship with God was not good. Every time they offered a sacrifice, every time they shed the blood, every time they smelled the burning of that animal, it was a graphic reminder that me and God are not right. But God has provided a way for me to move forward every time. It was a reminder. As a matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 10 says that the blood of bulls and goats can't take away sins. Those were just an annual reminder. We've got reminders. We do sticky notes and we've got alarms and we've got alarms on our phones to remind us. God says, let me give you a reminder. It's called animal sacrifices. And every time you offer... That sacrifice, it's a graphic illustration that you're not right with God, but He's provided a way because of our sins. He's provided a way to move forward in that relationship. Now, if animal sacrifices were a graphic reminder, the blood of Jesus on the cross is a graphic reminder 
that we're not right with God. And God put Jesus on display to remind us of that. Why the blood of an animal? Because to have a right relationship with God, it costs something. To have life with God, there's got to be shedding of blood. Why the shedding of an animal? Well, other gods were requiring children to be sacrificed. God said, I'm not doing it that way. As a matter of fact, the only child God has ever wanted to have sacrificed is His own son. Why the animal sacrifice? Well, if you want to be right with God, it costs something. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. If you want to move forward with God, there's got to be some blood. And so we have annual reminders, animal sacrifices. But think about it, think about it. We did the Lord's Supper this morning. Isn't the Lord's Supper a weekly reminder for us because we do it every week? A weekly reminder that we're not right with God. It's a weekly reminder that Jesus died on the cross. It's a weekly reminder that we need blood. Now, don't you find it interesting that when it comes to covering our sins, we no longer need animal sacrifices. Think about it this way. In the Old Testament, God said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take an animal. I want you to take one of your animals. I want you to take one of your personal possessions and I want you to offer me the best. I want an unblemished animal and I want an animal, think about it, that animal provide, provided sustenance. That animal provided life for that family, food for that family. And God said, I want you to take an animal and I want you to offer that animal and shed the blood of that animal and Put that animal on the offer if you want to move forward with me. Don't you find it interesting that by the time we get to the New Testament, God isn't requiring His people to offer the sacrifice anymore? God says, I'll offer the sacrifice. Maybe that's why the Hebrew writer says that the sacrifice of Jesus is once for all. It's forever. We don't need to offer animal sacrifices anymore because God offered a sacrifice for us. God offered the best. God offered a personal possession. God laid His own Son on the altar because if we want to have life with God, He provided death of His own Son. God said, when we get to the New Testament, God says, you know what? Y'all don't need to do the sacrifices anymore. I'll do the sacrifices from here on out. And God started with a new covenant. Now... God requires the shedding of blood to remind us of the cost to be in relationship with Him. If you want to be in relationship with God, it's going to take blood. If you want to be right with God, it's going to take blood. If you want to move forward with God, it's going to take blood. No longer are animal sacrifices required, but we still need to acknowledge the sacrifice. Of Jesus Christ. It's still a reminder that we're not right with God. It's still a reminder that a sacrifice is needed. It's still a reminder that we need blood. Let me illustrate it this way. Author Henry Nouwen tells the story of a family he knew in Paraguay. The father, a doctor, spoke out against the military regime there and its human rights abuses. 
So the local police took the revenge on him by arresting his son and torturing him to death. Enraged townsfolk wanted to turn the boy's funeral into a huge protest march, and the doctor said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Instead, at the funeral, the father displayed his son's body as he had found it in the jail, naked, scarred from electric shocks, cigarette burns, and beatings. All the villagers filed past the corpse, which lay not in a coffin, but on the blood-soaked mattress where he had died. It was the strongest protest imaginable because it put injustice on grotesque display. But isn't that what Jesus, isn't that what God did through Jesus at the cross? He put His Son on grotesque display after all the beatings, after everything that He'd gone through. God said, I'm going to put my son on display so that everybody who walks by is going to see the grotesque reminder of the injustice of sin. And God wants us to know that if you want to move forward with God, it requires blood. And God is so passionate about being in relationship with us, He'll do whatever it takes even if it kills him. And he put his own son on the cross. That's why the blood of Jesus is so important. Because if you want to be in relationship with God, if you want to move forward with God, you've got to have the blood. There's life in blood, and there's life in the blood of Jesus. For us to have life with God, he had to have the death of his son. So what does that mean for us today? Let me try it this way. You go to the doctor and you have an annual checkup and the doctor says, you're overweight. You need to lose about 30 pounds and you need to change your diet and you need to do some exercise. You've got some choices. You can leave there and you can just ignore that doctor and keep living the way you're living. You can leave there that day and say, that doctor is a quack and I'm never going back to that doctor. You can leave there that day and keep eating what you're eating, doing what you're doing, and being overweight. You can leave there that day and you can go to the mall and buy bigger clothes so that when people look at you, they'll say, wow, are you losing weight? Those clothes look so big on you. You can do all that stuff thinking that you're moving forward in life and you're heading for death because you're not listening to a doctor who's not trying to be mean to you. He's trying to give you life. You can stand before the cross of Jesus and you can stare at that reminder that you're not right with God. And you can walk away and you've got choices. You can deny that. You can look in the mirror and say, you know, my life's not that bad. You can look at other people and say, you know, compared to other people, my life's pretty good. You can look at your own life and and you can start coming up with stuff and say, well, you know, I'm not sinning, I'm making mistakes to try to soften it a little bit. But if you want to move forward with God, you need to come face to face with the cross and realize that your sins and my sins nailed Jesus to that cross and that's why He shed the blood.
If you want to be right with God, there's got to be shedding of blood. Now, you can ignore that blood. You can say, I don't need that blood. You can ignore Jesus. And you can die in your sins. But listen, church. When, when God says, if you want to be right with me, here's what you need to do. You need to acknowledge. Got to have the acknowledgement. You need to acknowledge your sins. You need to confess your sins. You need to be baptized in the blood of Jesus. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. He died thousands of years ago. But when you're baptized in these waters, it symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus where the blood took place. And in essence, you almost contact the blood of Jesus through baptism. It's not to join this church. It's to contact the blood of Jesus because when you have the blood of Jesus, you have that atonement. You have that covering. You are at peace with God. So I don't know where you are today, and I don't know what your sins are today, and I don't know how many sins that you have, but I want to tell you this, no matter what your sins are, no matter how bad you think your sins are, they're never bad enough that the blood of Jesus can't cover them. You can leave here today a new creation. You can leave here today covered in the blood. You can leave here today cleansed and washed and standing right with God because of the blood of Jesus. Folks, there's power. There's power in the blood of Jesus. So we offer the invitation of Jesus today for you to contact His blood. If you've never become a Christian, if you've never been baptized, can I encourage you to do that today? To contact the blood. If you need the prayers of our shepherds today, you can meet them in the back. They'll take you to a room and they'll pray privately for you and embrace you in prayer. If you need to respond to the invitation today, please do so as we stand and sing.